So I drink till the night becomes another day And the day's just another little thing in our way There's something about the way a joke and death is the punch I Mother's a man Hey Beep beep kids Ha <laughs> ha Episode 3 of Mothers of Mayhem, an extreme horror podcast. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, no one is listening to this anymore. <laughs> so our poor guest today, Mr. Nicholas P. Robinson, author extraordinaire, is basically just going to be doing this for uh, the pleasure of Christina and myself and probably nobody else. <laughs> I'm perfectly happy that this is a vanity product. Yes, this is fantastic. I have been sick. Um, my brain does not work very well right now. So that is really only just going to add to the quality of this episode. If you do happen to be one of the poor suckers who tuned in today, um, God bless you. Mm. Godspeed, friends. Yeah, Godspeed. yeah, yeah. Um, if you hear me blow my nose, I apologize. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. We're we're not the mothers of propriety. We're the mothers of mayhem. Yes, yes. Uh, disgusting viral mayhem. Good queens. Good queens. What? What should the people know, Christina? Well. As with every episode of ours, they should have trigger warnings. We should just have like trigger warning tattooed on our foreheads. Yeah. Because we're going to talk, we're going to talk about a lot today. Um, We're going to talk about um, death. We're going to talk about um, abuse, verbal, domestic, all kinds of stuff. So definitely trigger warning. If you are not comfortable listening to that kind of stuff, go on to our next one. It's probably going to be about the same. Yeah, I was going to say the next one's not going to be any better. So just get the fuck out of here now. Get the Save yourself. <laughs> run, children. Run from your crazy mothers. Also, we need to, spoiler alert, early in the broadcast. Because we will probably be talking about spoilers. Because we're going to talk about some in-depth stuff. And a lot of spoilers are going to happen. Yeah. So, be prepared yeah and it's our podcast and we do what we want and if you don't like it you can go fuck yourself or get your own podcast oh yeah you can do that too but don't you dare try to come up against us because we will find you and we will beat your podcast to a bloody pulp with a baseball bat or we'll give it a shout out because that's who we are (laughs) I don't think that's true, but okay. It's not, it's not <laughs> Christmas sounds, sounds fake, but okay. <laughs> Christmas is only 364 days away. Let's start planning accordingly. Oh, fine. <sighs> God. All right, Miss Marion. What? Besides having the Rona. 
Yeah. What have you been reading? Nothing. No. <laughs> no, actually, be because I did have the COVID, I went into like a major reading slump over the past uh 10 days, but I did read a few things. I read Distinctly I Remember by the Professor, which is on Godless, and it was unbelievable unbelievable incredible I need to film a full review on that tomorrow I also this morning I read another Nicholas P Robinson in preparation for this I read his newest one which was an anti-Christmas drop on Godless um when you're here your fatalities so funny so funny I read the dumb and the proud Mm. at which also was an anti-Christmas drop. And this was at Christina's recommendation. What is this gentleman's name again? Because this was Bob Freeville. Bob Freeville. (coughs) It was amazing. Right. Loved it. Absolutely. 100% recommend. Um, In my physical TBR, I still need to get to Matt Shaw's newest compilation, Battered Broken Bodies, which is a body horror anthology, but it has the most amazing contributor list ever. While I was sick, I finally got through Baker's Dozen, which was compiled by Candice Nola. Automatically, my, my I can definitely rank this as my favorite anthology um, of 2021. It was just, oh my God, it's so good, you guys. You have got to right? Um, and then, um, so yeah, I still need to read Battered Broken Bodies. Also, I got Junji Ito's illustrated adaptation of No Longer Human, which I am itching to read. I also need to read The Library of Mount Char and Rico Slade Will Fucking Kill You, as well as Danny Brown's newest drop for today, The Snow Queen, which I have been waiting for for months. And now here we are. And I'm like, ah! I have like all these books <laughs> right all I'm hearing correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong all I'm hearing is I'm book stressed send help yes 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 I, that's yeah. all I'm hearing <laughs> I'm hearing a cry for help I am both book stressed and book blessed I am right oh I like that I am too book blessed to be book stressed <laughs> Or you could flip it around. <laughs> um, that's less. true. I am too book stressed to be book <laughs> So I think either way it would work. I think either you, one's a winner. What are you reading? What have you been reading? You read, you've been reading way more than I I have. am. I'm just all over the place with my books. Um, I read, like you said, I read The Proud and the Dumb, which just read it like it's it's funny and it's it's a wonderful commentary oh yeah for either side of the political spectrum yeah definitely puts our faces in it and I love that I love that I want that give it to me yes um I had the pleasure of reading Ruth Ann Jag's new one that's coming up in January on January 26th I believe Ooh. Uh, the new girl's patient. She talking them sweet, sweet arcs. Ooh, give me all the arcs, baby. <laughs> Should we? Do you need a breathalyzer? 
Do we need to talk? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was just thinking about how I still need to read. I forgot to mention that I need to read Rain Havoc's arc for Lost <gasps> Souls, which is Beautiful. her new her new heart murder book that's going to be she... out, and I've had it for like a week and I still haven't read it. Number one, because I was sick. And number two, because I don't like heart murdery books. Oh, she, <laughs> she heart murders the heart murder. She would give okay. him, she should give him Volpe a run for his money. Volpe and McMillan, oh, yeah. y'all better watch your asses because Havoc is coming for you. She, <laughs> And it's so interesting because this is a complete 180 from what we expect. And I don't like to say that. I don't like to say I expect a specific thing from an author because I think that that puts them into a box and they shouldn't be put into a box because they're creative. Let them be like Chandler Morrison. I talked about him, you know, Rain Havoc's very feeling like Chandler Morrison right now. And I am living for it speaking of miss havoc can we talk about her a little bit longer i read her short and battered broken bodies last night (sighs) she never ceases to impress me like i know i know just just that story just that story is worth price of admission in my opinion just that story she okay so i i feel like she rain havoc and Daniel Volpe are on the precipice of moving to moving beyond indie. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I don't think they realize it. Maybe no. Volpe has a little bit of an idea. He, I think he can see it on the horizon. I don't think Rain realizes no. yet, yet, but it's coming. Um, so I feel blessed to be oh, friends yeah. and to be buddies with them at this Where point. Where they don't block us. Right, right, right. When they remember all of us little small beans that they left behind. Um, and I also believe that our featured guest today, Mr. Nicholas P. Robinson. Oh, without a doubt. Also has potential to be creeping towards the precipice of mainstream horror coming up yeah. within the next year or so. Because um, if you have not read any Nicholas Robinson content, thus far i certainly Shame. certainly Shame. hope that you will change that after listening today to today's episode because this man um this is an incredible incredible author you guys and one of the things that kills me the most about Nick Robinson is that Nick Robinson doesn't realize how good Nick Robinson yeah. is and i'm not saying that just to like be patting this guy on the back. He doesn't even know we're saying it. He's not even with or like him, brown nosing so. or anything like that. Like, no, yeah, no, he's not even here yet. Um, he's probably <laughs> like, where's, he's probably like, where's my fucking link? They said do 30. Um, women, <laughs> women. Oh, damn it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he doesn't realize how good his books are. My dude. Yeah. Wait, wait until, wait until we start talking about his older stuff. Not not his godless stuff. Yeah. He, I'm talking, you gotta go searching for this stuff. Yes, like, yes. Um, he has been in the writing scene for over 10 years. He's mm. become a leading voice in indie horror, not only as a writer, but also as an amplifying voice for other authors. Yeah. He's um, big at that. And his 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 energy for 
boosting the work of other writers mm. is just as big, if not bigger than his energy for boosting his own work. Yes. At 100%. <laughs> because not only does he, you know, share everything from everyone, he also has a like blog meltdown messiah yeah that he reviews and you know amplifies that way so he's a big one for indie horror and in indie horror he's a mover and a shaker he is probably going to be like why did you guys even say that <laughs> terrible i'm downvoting this podcast in a minute <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was my left lung. <laughs> no, Diana, we have things to talk about, lady. What are some of your favorite uh, from Nick? Favorite? Oh my gosh. Um, his newest one. When you're here, your fatalities. Hilarious. We'll be talking about that one. Yeah. Um, some of his older stuff. Um, exercising demons is really tragic, and we will be talking about that one. Um, a singular experience. Wait, so I talk about that one. That one I loved. And and I'm gonna mispronounce this. So please come back and be like, you do not know how to talk. Yeshua and Adana. Adani? Adonai? Adonai? That's it. See, look at you. <laughs> Does that that's, that's what happens when you grow up with a father who has a master's in theology and divinity? Okay. <laughs> I, my mother has a degree in American Sign Language, so there's the difference. There's the difference. But she can spell it out in ASL. Oh my God, she can. <laughs> she can also tell you to go fuck yourself too. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Sorry, I'm like fucking with my glasses and the pot. The people um, that are I had to this can't even. You know see what? That. I had slime explode on me. So two episodes ah, ago. So yeah. it's only fair. Also, this isn't a penis. This is my favorite. Uh, so. <laughs> um, I really, really love Nick Robinson's short story collection, Caution May Cause Ocular mm. Within that story, you will find one of his, or within that collection, you will find one of his most, uh, I, I don't know, cult favorites. Yes. I, I guess say. we could call it. It made huge waves when it dropped on Godless, but this story is called Horseplay, and we will probably talk about that a little bit. Oh, without a doubt, uh, without a doubt. In a few minutes. <laughs> and of course, I also loved his short story, um, Where Dreams Come True, which was part of the 31 Days of Godless event back in October. Um <laughs> This was one of the first extreme horror short stories in a long time that actually upset me. It it upset me because not like I wasn't mad at him or anything right. like that, but the content it it was upsetting to me yeah. because of what this thing in this story causes people of all ages to and relationships to do it upset me um and then huge trigger warnings on that one do not go into that one if you are a sensitive sally in any way shape yeah. or form um and then i did just read um when you're here your fatalities it was fucking amazing <laughs> it was so good it was so good, so good. it's so funny 
and he is also the author of uh innocence ends as yep. well as unspoken do you He's think we should guy. send should we send him a link should we invite him to the party let's invite him in invite all him right in. let's do it buckle up kids here we go ah we've got him we've got, we him, got him now we got him and he can't get out of here unless he presses um, leave this meeting. <laughs> it's the red button. Nick. It's the red button. Welcome to you, Nicholas P. Robinson. We are so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Oh, so tell the people a little bit about yourself. Give them a little bit of info about who you are. Um, does anyone really care? Uh, we do. Oh, we <laughs> care. Uh, i'm i'm nick i uh i live in the black hills of south dakota i write and when i'm not very well i work as a uh, producer for a news station that's freaking cool yes i I know you know how freaking cool that is and he posts videos and pictures all the time i know if you guys don't follow him on facebook then you're missing out and he does photography yeah, do photography. I do photography. Yes, we're Not like photography, but photography. But we're I like... <laughs> we're the we're the worst kind of stalkers. Like we are. We know things that you never expected us to know. <laughs> Thank you, Google. <laughs> and that's more Christina than myself. She's it is. It is. frightening. <laughs> I am I'm like the FBI. I'm like the FBI. Uh... Thank you, library. All right, Christina, you want to give a brief rundown of our question situation that we've got going on? We are going to toggle back and forth. We have some questions, if I could talk, that we have written out. Um, Nick does not know them, so they're kind of, you know, but they're not gotcha questions because that's not how we do things. We don't, you know, we're not paparazzi. We just want to know all your secrets, but from you, not from others. (laughs) so marion do you want to go first oh okay i shocked her too she didn't know well i'm trying to decide which one which one i want to start with um so nicholas for you we already told the people all about some of our favorite stories and books that you've written mine of course, being cautioned may cause ocular bleeding, your short story collection. Um, and that one, of course, contains the infamous horse play. <laughs> <laughs> now, what I love about that short story collection is all of the information you included at the end mm-hmm. in the afterward, which basically gives a little bit of a history behind all of the stories that are in the book. Um, and it does explain um the background behind the cult classic horseplay but could you tell <laughs> could you it is among among the the godless family yeah it, it has become a cult classic and you know it um tell the people a little bit more about horseplay and where the uh inspiration for that story came from 
Well, I suppose I'll start with the inspiration because that's kind of uh, where it's all rooted. Sorry, I'm trying to figure out what my dog is dragging down the hallway. Um, I used to spend a lot of time um, just looking for random things online um, back in like the mid to late 90s, early 2000s. and at that point in time, there wasn't really a separation between like what's considered the the dark web and what's just the conventional internet. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I'd uh, compiled a handful of videos that involved like people having sex with animals, horses, dogs, even one with a woman having sex with a pig. And I found that too revolting. That's um, charming. <laughs> Pigs have a weird corkscrew penis. I know. <laughs> it was really strange to see that. Like, I, unnerving. Um, I'm calling the police. No, I was looking it up. This is me looking it up. Um, but no, and then and you know, I had videos that were similar in nature to like the uh like the uh the the famous two girls one cup. Uh-huh. I had one where it was two girls who like one of them like collected a, a turd from another oh my god directly, oh my god and then like turned to another <laughs> woman and did like the lady in the tramp thing with it shut up <laughs> but uh so so these were the things that i used to collect um not for like enjoyment i mean it was just entertaining it was wink, wink. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> i got it my my husband and I did the same exact thing, and it was probably around the same time, 1997, 98, yep. 99, when like Ogrish was the big thing for all of us alternagoth kids. Who we were such hard asses, weren't we? <laughs> yeah, it was always trying to push limits. And- yep, yep. <laughs> and instead, we were just traumatizing ourselves and our friends. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, but the video in question um, that that kind of led to horseplay, it was really just poorly shot. The audio was really, really bad. Um, so when I fictionalized it, I just removed the audio altogether um, because it seemed almost more appropriate to have no sound because the yeah. no, there, in the fictionalized version that I wrote about that, that also meant that there was no warning about what was coming. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, and I kind of liked that just hitting out of nowhere. Uh, but in the in the video, it was a woman having sex with a horse with a, a couple of guys like there as support. But the part that I found the most alarming about the whole thing wasn't the act itself, which, you know, she seemed to enjoy it. The horse certainly seemed to be enjoying it. Um, but the part I found disturbing was the fat man off to the off to the side just standing there playing with himself while he was watching this happen like no pants on or if he did have pants they were down around his ankles like a little boy using a urinal um and then his penis barely protruding past his gut yeah and it was just yeah it was that was the part that that always stuck in my head as the most unusual was what the hell is wrong with this man what why are you here are you serving any purpose and and I mean, I get why the woman's there because she's probably getting paid for it. And maybe she really does enjoy it. I mean, there are women who sit on traffic cones for fuck's sake. So 
Um, I understand why other people were there, like the people supporting her and like, you know, they're basically to pull her off, I guess, in a case of entitlement. Right? I understand the camera person. I didn't understand him. I, I couldn't get what he was getting out of this, how that was appealing or arousing to him in any way. And so that was kind of where I, where horseplay arose from was fixating on that fat man just standing there naked masturbating while watching this take place <laughs> and then wanting something bad to happen to him. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so it just kind of grew from that. You know, I, when I read horseplay and I mentioned this to you, I think on Facebook or somehow, but it brought back memories of a video that I had seen as well during this same period of time. And I'm pretty sure that I probably saw the same one. I can't imagine there's too many. I know. But the most disturbing thing about this guy is how bored he also seems with the whole thing. Like he's like he's he's there and he's present and he's doing whatever he needs to do to stay like like it's just not that impressive to him. He's like so lackadaisical in his involvement. Right. Right. And (laughs) it is he's very detached like he's like he's doing what he has to do like he he has to do this thing but he's like right yeah totally dead inside and that's that is like the most disturbing part of it like there's nothing happening behind the eyes Hmm. he's just there doing the thing with no emotion and you know the lack of sound like your brain has an amazing way of bringing back all of these memories and inserting that information for yeah. you but you're right like you don't you the lack of sound on the video when you're reading the story like your brain starts just going in all these different directions and then that one really like oh boy it really takes a twist on the whole thing it's so good <laughs> I, I just want to say I feel I feel kind of left out because I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Like, oh, I don't. Okay. Know. If I still had the video CDs that I'd made, I'd make a copy and send one your way. Oh my god, I, just, uh, I appreciate I, you, Nick. I created like this was before blank DVDs, um, but I made video CDs that you could play in like uh, DVD players if you had the right kind. And I'd pop this in when I had company over that I just kind of wanted to get rid of. And uh, so my roommate, Sadie, and I, she and I sat through that probably more times than I can count. And I don't know what that did to us. (laughs) The fact that we watched those types of things on the television on a regular basis just to get rid of unwanted company. Um, (laughs) But at the same time, you started a new trend. So... (laughs) That was the point... That was the uh, thing you guys put on the television to let people know the party's over. Get the yep, fuck out of much. our house. <laughs> and now they just have signs that say, please leave by nine. So yeah. you put it a trend. I also <laughs> had a laminated sign that I'd printed out that I had above my toilet that said, we don't, we do not swim in your toilet. Please do not shit. In, or wait, no, is we do not shit in your pool. Please do not swim in our toilet. <laughs> um, so I don't know. 
What kind of friends did you have, Nick? I think this is what we need to talk about more. Really great um, friends. Really excellent friends. <laughs> My friends, like, I feel like I'm the, like, the Republican of the group. I'm not getting any of this. I never experienced any of this. You're not missing out. <laughs> the only thing you're missing out on is a little bit of extra trauma. <laughs> well, well trust me, I've got plenty of that. Right, if your pockets are full, too. you're good. Oh, I've got some of that too, Nick. Don't worry. We could. Um, that's a whole other podcast. Why uh, is Christina the way she is? Part eighty-seven. <laughs> do you it's, have Do you have uh, a question for Mr. Robinson? Oh, now please. that I got to talk about the weird reality yes. stuff, with I ha- him? <laughs> how can I follow that up? That's bullshit. That's your first question. <laughs> Yeah, and I wrote them. I love that this whole interview started out with, hey, weirdo, what the fuck's up with the horse story? (laughs) (laughs) And that's when we get banned from everything. Right? (laughs) There goes any chance of having this channel monetized. (laughs) Thank you, See, both Nick and I have been banned from Facebook Hmm. recently. (laughs) Bad kids. I'm the only good kid, and that's not good, guys. Yeah. Trust me. (laughs) All right. Redirect us. Redirect us, Christina. All right. Focusing. So my question is actually kind of, it's going to go back to your older stuff, too. Um, And it's interesting that we used horseplay because we, I can actually put that in with my question. I don't even think this is one of my questions, but I'm going to use it. Um, loneliness you write a lot about loneliness people feeling alone being put in situations where they're you know they're the only one um sunday the 15th singular a singular experience i've got notes so bear with me um exercising demons he becomes alone the gentleman in horseplay is alone you know (gasps) oh demonica demonica she does that that oh so i know i know bad it's really good (laughs) it's on my list but is that is that something that you set out to do even with your earlier stuff or is that just kind of where the muses took you i think a lot of that just has to do with the fact that uh that a lot of my life um even when i had people around i felt like I wasn't really surrounded by people um like I I just didn't feel like anyone was really there or that I was really there (laughs) uh I used to kind of joke about it but it wasn't really a joke that if um that if I didn't force people to remember that I existed that they'd forget Mm -hmm. uh that that if that if I wasn't actively present in in like even my closest friends lives um that at some point they'd forget that I exist and then would I still exist? Right. Uh, so it was kind of a, I don't know, kind of an element of my psychology, I guess. Um, I don't know what it says about me or, or what the hell's wrong with me necessarily, but that's kind of the kind of something I still struggle with sometimes where I wonder if, if people weren't around or if I weren't actively around other people, if I would even still kind of exist, it's kind of like, um, 
kind of like a solipsistic type of philosophy, but, mm-hmm. but taken in the inverse, where instead of feeling like other people may not exist, that everything could be a kind of a, an, a fragment of my own right. perspective or like little aspects of my own uh, imagination that maybe I'm the uh, figment of someone else's imagination. Um, oh, I like that. That there's a story. Or if I don't, if I don't have, if I am not recognized or validated mm-hmm. by the acknowledgement of other humans, do I, as a human, have meaning? Yeah, I think yeah. that's a very universal. I uh, yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. I can totally see where you're coming from. It. I think a lot of us run from that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think you're totally right that we do all experience that because, you know, I think we all kind of get down on ourselves and, you know, we see other people, you know, doing great things. And I, I do quotes because, you know, no one's ever really doing great things. There's always something in the background, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. you can be the richest person and, you know, you have really bad shit going on in your life. So I definitely, I don't know. The loneliness really speaks to me, especially with the singular experience. I just, I loved that one. That one was just so much. If people have read Illuminae series or the trilogy, Nick wrote this before that came out, which is very interesting. Um, it's this narrator, um, I think his name's Captain, hold on, I've got the notes, Captain, I think he's just Captain, and the AI is Ezra, which is biblical, which is interesting, because a lot of your stuff is biblical, Mm -hmm. um, and it's the conversation between the two of them, and I think that that's really interesting that you say, you know, you feel alone and even though in a world of nothing but noise and nothing but ai we can still feel completely alone and you wrote this in like 2015 so like i don't know it's one of my favorites <laughs> well you've been well, writing a for over for a 10 years and that character chose to remain alone so exactly exactly wake everyone else up and and see the peril of their death yeah because we talked about there would there would probably be spoilers, so we can talk about spoilers. Okay. I'm gonna tell it all. <laughs> I'm gonna tell it all. It didn't cross my mind. I figure <laughs> nobody's gonna read that anyway. Uh, oh come you know, on! <laughs> What's funny is that that was actually published uh, back in 2015 by uh, the Black Hills Writers Group. They did this uh, anthology, and two of my two of my stories have been had been selected. And there's like a, a poet laureate from Wyoming that was in there and a, and a bunch of other people. Um, but my other story got pulled because at the very end because it just didn't fit the theme. And I understand that one. Um, but a singular experience was published in that. Now, I, I still don't think anybody ever read the damn thing. So but it's, oh, I did. And I took notes, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> So suck on that one. She <laughs> annotated that shit. You don't understand <laughs> my there level were, of professionalism. There were post-it tabs and everything. 
you just don't understand me, Nick. <laughs> I I am very, very keen on the concept of how we as readers and authors Mm -hmm. use this particular genre to process mental health struggles and um, trauma Mm -hmm. of trauma through that we experience throughout our lives. And I really appreciate that you are very, we're very straightforward. And we're like, Mm -hmm. look, you know, that's a theme because it was something that I have been dealing with all this time. And it, it just goes back to highlight how uh, the extraordinary relationship that mental health and extreme horror yeah. have with one another and how it can be very cathartic on a deeply personal level. I know this is going to be a tough one because you have been writing since, oh my God, like 2010, 2011, um, which of your stories do you consider your most personal? Uh, uh, Christina actually mentioned it. It would be a story called Exercising Demons. Uh, and that's probably one of the oldest ones. I think I put, I mean, I wrote it back in 2001, um, but it ended up on Kindle back in like 2010, I think. Wow. Uh, and then it was included in my first collection of shorts and poetry, um, uh, errata which came out in uh, uh 2016 um but that one's probably the most deeply personal of, of all the things I've written um I'm actually kind of half-assed rewriting it because I I feel like there was room for a lot of improvement um but I have just haven't gotten there yet so well I do you feel like so that was 20 years ago, 21 years ago. Do you feel like having had two decades go by that you can almost add new perspective to the story now and kind of change, change it in certain ways to fit more of who you are now as opposed to who you were in 2010? I think uh, more depth and texture is what I could probably add to it more than changing like the actual like nature of the story itself. Um, but adding, adding certain, I suppose, uh, just richness to it, I guess, is something I, I think I could do. Um, but there's something to be said for the way it was written too, because it's very, not disjointed, but it's, kind of um hmm, skeletal in a strange way okay so very I would say very raw yes yeah yes definitely more from a more deeply emotional place where you just kind of you apply it to the page in that very primal instinctive way like these are my thoughts these are my feelings here you go yeah I think that's great. Where it's so so good, uh, and we'll so talk more. Oh, are you so you're actively kind of re-editing that one? Yeah, um, I'd actually. I mean, it's not like I'd forgotten about it, but it's something I hadn't thought about for a long time. Um, and then Christina ended up mentioning it to me a little while back, and I was like, "Oh, wow, I hadn't thought about that story in years." 
and then I was God, I always entertained the thought of like expanding it or or making it something bigger, and then just never had. So I kind of uh, found that as a motivation. Can we yeah. still purchase this? Somewhere? Yeah, it's, on, it's still available on Kindle and everything. On Kindle, so, excellent. Yeah. I think it's on K. Because if yeah, you're gonna Kindle read, Unlimited yeah, too. oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, yes. fuck yeah! Because if it's, you're gonna redo not, this one, I need to read the original first. It's not <laughs> so, great. I mean, don't get me wrong. None, none of this stuff is great. I mean, shut. Do you see this? Shut the if fuck up. <laughs> if you can see my face. So I, and I'm sorry, I had to leave. My daughter was screaming bloody murder at my husband and somebody oh. was going to get stabbed. And, you know, Michael doesn't need to be stabbed the day before work. Um, I wanted to, I know. So does she. Um, I, if it's okay with Nick, I wanted to say a couple quotes that I absolutely fell in love with with that story this um, is, it's you guys's podcast you can do whatever awesome. that's right it is and we do what we want <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> with permission no 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 everybody else can just go fuck I revoke themselves. it, I revoke <laughs> it. <laughs> so this was the first one and I don't know why but this one just hit me and it's every bitter taste of whiskey stole food from their mouths People, if you could see my face right Can now. Can we talk about this? Like, yes, Nick. Then this one, this one got to me. This one, like, emotionally beat me. And it's, she fought with him for hours as they poisoned one another with a hatred that neither of them truly felt, with words that neither one of them truly meant. Christina. Um, we're going to need to send this man a heart murderer t-shirt <laughs> on it, on it, on it. Heart, heart murderer. <laughs> oh, you bastard. You just got to join the ranks of the filthy heart murderers. <laughs> and I think, <laughs> congratulations, Nick. It's a very close one. It's very exclusive. Damn it. Um, see, this one affected me because I think. I'm going to say 99% of people because there are, you know, very nice people in the world. I think that we've all said something to our significant other that we're like, we want to hurt you, but I don't mean it. And I think, and I even do that to my own husband, which, you know, I call him an asshole. My mother always told me to say what they really are. So I don't know, but (laughs) but I, but we've all been there. We've all said something where we're like, I don't want to say this, but I have to say this because I have to make you hurt. Yeah. And that's what, so these care, Marion, I'm telling, just, just get the Kleenex ready when you read it. Shut up. You know, his heart is okay. Our hearts are fine. (laughs) No, Sarah, they are not. (laughs) (laughs) And someday yours won't be fine either, kid. I'm going to make you read this. You know, when we were, before we bring you in, Christina and I do a little bit of like pre-recording and talking about the people that we're going to be talking about or talking to and all that good stuff. Um, And one of the things we talked about is how you don't realize how 
good at this you are mm-hmm. and how much that pisses <laughs> us off. You don't get to do that face. You don't get to do that face. See, he do face. If people who are listening only, this man, this man just had the audacity to look at us like he was shocked. Pure audacity. <laughs> and that just, that just, that just solidifies the point that we're making because every single thing we read, and I'm not saying this to pat you on the back, because if you actually were only mediocre, I wouldn't say these things. I would be nice to you, yeah. but I wouldn't say this to you because it wouldn't be true. <laughs> and liars pee the bed. My so, mother told me that. Yes. And Santa farts on their presents. Um, but everything I have read that you have written has caused a deeply visceral emotional mm-hmm. response for me and to from my perspective that is the ultimate sign of an excellent author I can read a book and have fun with it but when I read where dreams come true and I remember <laughs> that was how you and I first really started interacting with one another I was so upset. I was so upset. And I told the people this before we even brought you in here. That story just really, really, like, I, I, I wasn't angry or, like, sad. But as a mother and just on a personal level, like, it just really affected me. And it was only five pages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in five pages you like you gutted me I was so upset <laughs> but at the same time I was like oh my god where did this come from because right. it was the first super short story I had ever read where I felt like somebody who just punched me in the fucking face and that is wow. like you have just this super great talent for this i i i don't i know no face you be, i'm watching want to be humble <laughs> you want to be right. modest but it's okay if behind the scenes you're like oh, i'm fucking rude. i'm so fucking <laughs> <laughs> if you want to like patrick bateman because you, you. you are you are so i and like you're really 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 good at the whole extreme horror thing like you obviously have a knack for it but christina i i do tend to stay in the realms of horror i don't mm-hmm. tend to get sucked in by other genres very well um, i will vacuum up all but christina has done the other side of your writing mm-hmm. so we can we are seeing both ends of that continuum for you but we are curious if there are any other subgenres in between that you are still especially within extreme horror is there a, any of the subgenres you're interested in exploring more um you don't do a lot of like splattery splatter punk because mm-hmm. that's something you're interested in. Are you interested in bizarro or more uh, like cosmic? Like, is there anything you see on the horizon that you're going to be like experimenting with? I, I do have some uh, like uh, what started with uh, you will be consumed. Um, I loved it. <laughs> that's leading into a lot more 
kind of a cosmic horror. The next book from Madness Heart Press, um, uh, Beneath the Unspoiled Wilderness, which is kind of tied into that, um, is kind of a slasher story, but it's also a cosmic horror story too, because there are elements of that in there. Um, so it's it's got components of, of like a traditional camp slasher type story, you know, people in the woods, bad things happen. Um, but then there's also elements of cosmic horror and and just kind of a revenge story, like a, you know, like a, I don't know, I spit on your grave, the brave type of revenge story. Involves Love a good revenge involved. story. <laughs> that's right, favorite. that's your favorite. So it's, got, it's got all three of those kind of tied together in it. So, um, but then further along down the line, there's about five or six books planned that are all part of this kind of shared universe where it'll ultimately all come together. Um, but there's a lot more cosmic horror involved in that. Uh, Interesting. And some body horror, I guess, as well, because that kind of goes hand in hand with it. Uh, nice. But we then, love uh, us good body horror. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's kind of the subgenre. I, I, I like both of those a lot. Uh, cosmic horror and body horror. Um, let's see. Yeah, I don't do a whole lot of this more splattery stuff, but it's it's entertaining and I enjoy it. I just don't know that I can write it. You could technically say when you're here, your fatality is a splatter monkey. <laughs> yeah. A little bit, yeah. But see, the thing about your style is you don't, I think you could write splatter very, very well, but you don't need the shock value of splatter. You have a way of fucking with people um, in a much more uh, subdued, uh, almost existential way. Yeah, <laughs> like existential. you have, well, I think going back to the conversation we had earlier, touching on like, you know, mental health and catharsis and processing all of that stuff like you have a way of um targeting people's soft spots without being overt about it like you go into uh, a nicholas robinson book and you close the thing when you're done and you're like fucking a <laughs> It's almost like, it's almost as if you wound someone and then you're like, come here, come, come here. I'll give it, let me give you I'm, a hug. I'm there with you. Except it to me. Like, yeah. it's very, <laughs> every one of your characters, you're like, let me pick that scarab and then I'm going to tell you I love you. Yeah. Um, that's Nick Robinson. <laughs> um, that's your new tagline. You can use it. <laughs> I don't need any money. That's, That's a weird one. Yeah. What about me isn't weird, Nick? Um, <laughs> yes, you're weird like mommy. Um, um, I don't know where my train of thought went. I love your mommy. You have a weird mommy? You she does. So if you are interested in cosmic horror, and are going to be branching out to a little bit more cosmic horror this coming year. Tell us more about what your personal literary influences are. Who, who were you reading when you were growing up that had such an impact on you as an author? I don't know. When I was growing up, um, 
like Barker had a huge influence on me. Um, and then it was, God, I was in eighth grade, I think, when I started reading Lovecraft. Um, and then that had a pretty profound influence as well. Um, I read a lot of Brian Lumley. Um, God, back then, Jesus. Uh, Ambrose Bierce, like the old, like, Gothic. oh, yeah. An um, incident at, uh, yes, yes. Um, what? And then, of course, like the the stuff that uh, that kind of either preceded that or or kind of uh, kind of emerged from that, like art stuff, like the Great God Pan, um, the King in Yellow, of course. Oh yeah. So a lot of that stuff kind of influenced me when I was younger, and so I think that that's kind of where some of those influences still kind of reside. Um, if I had to kind of put a pin in it, that's that's probably it. You were reading some pretty sophisticated stuff as a young person. I, was this um, just were, were were these things that you were just like seeking out at the library? Like, were you a big library kid? Or... Uh, library kid, I'd go through my mom. Like, my mom was going to school when I was younger. Um, she uh, ended up majoring in English with like a minor. In oh, school. well, there you go. And then got her master's <laughs> in English. An English I, major with a psych minor. This makes, makes so much sense. Textbooks <laughs> and stuff, and read those. And when I was a kid, so and and then like I read basically anything that we had on the shelves there, and then uh, kind of went to the library. Books all the time, um, and I did quite a bit of shoplifting. <laughs> so nice. that, that supplemented things a bit too. Statue of limitations. Statue of limitations. Oh, yeah, yeah I know. Good. That was like 40 years <laughs> ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, mean, uh, I don't know. That's that's a lot of it. Is uh, like my mom, if she needed like one of her textbooks, she it, it disappeared, and inevitably she'd come and steal it back from my room. Um, so it's I don't know. That's just kind of it. I always had a thing for reading. So that's awesome. And then my last question is, I know you were in a band yeah. <laughs> in the late 90s, early 2000s. Was it an easy transition from lyrics to literature or was it, did it take some getting used to? Um, it's definitely a transition um, because it is more of a kind of a structured poetry. Um, kind of it's all about rhythm or 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 rhyme sequences things along those lines um but i do try to carry over some of that i don't know aesthetic for rhythm to to my own writing i try to add beats to certain sentences here and there um it it drives my mother nuts when she reads things that i've written because of my comma use because i'll use commas as beats rather than like as as something that belongs there in the uh, yeah. I'm like the actual, I love commas uh, in the actual give room. me all the commas give uh, me all the commas yeah so I use them out of uh out of like an incorrect grammatical sense sometimes just because it's to form a beat uh specifically when people are talking uh in dialogue it's a little bit easier to get away with it um than it is in the actual writing especially once an editor's gotten a hold of it yeah but but yeah, I, I had a tendency to do that where I'd use 
like commas or punctuation to to create beats or to strike a rhythm in in what I was writing that isn't really supposed to be there in in you know prose. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean those are the biggest differences is getting away from that that need for like a specific rhythm or specific uh, like rhyme to it in order to make it flow. Um, but I, I feel like I could still utilize some of that in, uh, in prose as well, if I really was allowed to, or really wanted to. Yeah. And I just want to say that my favorite song from your band was, and I believe I thought I had it written down was bitch sells crack. Is that correct? When Joel and I put that together, it was literally, it, it grew out of that, that sample of that woman with like the interaction with the cops. I don't know if it was from like uh, an episode of cops or something like that. (laughs) Just this this crazy woman saying bitch sell crack. And then the cop replying with ma'am step back. (laughs) And it goes, it does that for about a minute, maybe a minute and five seconds. But what's interesting is it's actually a really fun song. I listened to it on like repeat five or six times. I was like, you have a bitch. You got me. Not only do you heart murder me, but now I want to go and dress gothy and oh dance my God. to it. Like, and then we used to, to randomly rent, we'd rent bizarre pornos and just like rip samples from those. Oh my and God. There's, there's samples from this animated porno that we rented called like, Barbarian. Nice. <laughs> Oh, 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 go, you said Godad oh, the, yeah, the Barbarian. <laughs> love it. Love it. Yeah, it was, I think I'm pretty sure it was Gonad the Barbarian. It's been years, but <laughs> I don't remember that one. I was a little stuck on Bitch Sells Crack. That's what I was stuck on. Yeah, Sorry. So we use like porno samples and things like that occasionally, just kind of interspersed throughout the music, just because it was funny. Um, because we didn't take ourselves very seriously either, so. I think that's but it's, it was fun. Like I was, I think I listened to three different songs because I kind of I went with the first one, like the middle one, and the last one, and they were fun. Like it, it's very nostalgic for Lost Highway, um, the one that uh, Trent Reznor. Oh my god! Yeah, I love that in. fucking movie. Well, it made me nostalgic. It made me want to go back and rewatch the movie. I'm like, don't, don't rewatch the movie. You're not that person anymore. You're not 18, you old gray haired fatty. Oh, who cares? You know, (laughs) who cares? But it is, and it's funny because, you know, you, you watch something older compared to when you were younger. And it's just, it's totally different. And you're just like, oh, yeah, this movie sucks. Like, I was obsessed with natural born killers and oh. I still am. So yeah. true. that's true. That's true. It's so fuck favorites. you, Christina. <laughs> well, it's one of my favorites too. So it's such a butt, man. <laughs> that was a listen oh. to Fiat Knox. Yeah. And there was one, what was the first one? I literally wrote fucking love this one on Bitch Cell Crack. What was the name of the band? What was the name of your band? uh, Yes, Alter Noctum, Alter Edom, or uh, it, but it had the same initials in English. Another night, another identity. 
Uh, I looked that up too. <laughs> and we can we can find this on the YouTube's. Uh, it's on like Bandcamp and stuff like yes. that. I'm sure it's all available, at no cost. Well, like quite a few years ago, I put it all up it there. It's all free. It's all free. I listen oh, to it for free. Yeah. Uh, and we'll we'll have all of this information. Oh yeah, this. we're totally um, gonna link that in the show notes. I hope. <laughs> because it's, it's also not great, cute. but it's it's not. I don't want to say cute, but it's like it's fun. It's it's got this beat that literally in my head. I can hear it right now as I'm speaking. So it's what, fun. What year was this? Oh God, this was the last time we performed. Was okay. um, June or I think June of 98. So it's been quite a while. Um, I mean, there was still stuff that, that I edited a little bit and recorded and, and like kind of put down on, on like CD back in 2000 or so. But uh, but the last time we've actually really recorded or worked together was about 98. Oh, I am so here for this. So, <laughs> it's so much fun. I can't wait. I can't wait for other people to hear it. It's so much fun. I really loved it. And I was going to link it on my personal Facebook page, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to check with Nick first because, you know, we're all like, there are some things in my past that I'm like, if that gets out, I am fucked. Like... <laughs> Like, no, mommy didn't do that. That was someone else. No. <laughs> I was I was Chrissy before I was Christina. That's all I can say about that conversation. <laughs> well, all right, my dudes, we are gonna take a quick break because it is time for the ad zone. Whoop, whoop. All right, we'll be back. Hey kids, looking for a way to affordably access the best and wildest independent extreme horror currently in existence? Godless Horrors is the place to be. Go to www.godless.com to gain access to thousands of extreme horror and splatterpunk books from the genre's best and brightest independent authors. Godless Horrors offers every title in their catalog in a variety of formats to ensure compatibility with your favorite digital reading device. Strapped for cash? No worries. Godless has a fantastic collection of free titles ready for instant download, with other titles in their collection rarely exceeding $3 to $4. Again, go to www.godless.com or download the app and tell them what the fuck you're looking for. Come join the Godless tribe today. Forever delightfully deviant. Forever Godless. Oh yeah, we're back. Oh shit. It is time. It is time for the rapid fire four. You have four questions, four answers, and zero time to think ahead. Okay. Are you ready? We will need an answer immediately or you will face certain death. Do you know what movie that's from? 
That's from Labyrinth. <laughs> You're lame. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't get it either. Man. <laughs> You're both. <laughs> You're both lame. I can't be the only labyrinth obsessed nerd in this. In this I know room, of right? it. <laughs> I know of it. All right, here All we right. go. Here we go. Here we go. Are you ready? It's time. Which question or which question? For the love of God, Christina, pull it together. <laughs> drunk. Just ignore me. Which one of your characters do you identify with the most? Didn't we already ask that question? Did we ask that question? Did we? No, you didn't. Oh, all right. Um, (laughs) Oh, we asked which one was most personal. At least, at least, at least Nick is keeping track of what we're doing. (laughs) Um, As strange as it seems, the character I probably related to the most is kind of an amalgam of a couple of them from uh, um, Dale and Hewitt, kind of a combination of the two uh, from that novel, um, just because they kind of feel like two sides of of me to an extent. So, interesting, Miss Marion. What book already published do you wish you had written? Oh God, (laughs) Um, I'm gonna go with Stolen Tongues. I just read that one. I really, uh, really like that. Oh, uh, it's such a good book, isn't it? Yeah, and and because I spent a lot of my childhood in in and around the Rockies area, it it kind of hit home pretty well. I like that a lot. You know, I I we are all part of that Books of Horror Facebook group, and that Stolen Tongues by Felix Blackwell. My God, it had like what a good seven months where it was like the number one book that people would recommend. And it was hyped so hard mm-hmm. that I was like, uh, I don't know. I'll read it just to see what all the fuss is about. I did not expect for, it takes a lot to like make me nervous when I read a book to give anywhere near that feeling of being creeped out. It actually creeps me out a little bit. It's a good yeah, it was- one. It's, it's got a good atmosphere to it. It's it's very unsettling. Yes. Um, and it, it must be something to do with like the Reddit people because like he wrote mm-hmm. like he originally wrote that on for No Sleep, and then uh, mm-hmm. Nathan Arbach's uh, pen pal was for uh, not No Sleep, but I think it was a creepy pasta. Yes, you know, they're basically the same damn thing. Yeah, um, but both of those books are two of the most just unsettling, atmospherically creepy books I've ever read. Uh, but yeah, I I put off Stolen Tongues until just uh, like last week, and I ended up reading it over like, I don't know, I basically started reading it before I went to bed and finished reading it the next day. Yeah. Uh, See, it was, I... It was really go good. See, I did, have not read it, but I listened to the YouTube, which is only like two hours. Oh, yeah. I was... I was listening to it as I was putting Ikea furniture together for this dumb house. I, I hate Ikea furniture, but that's a whole different discussion. I was so creeped out. Like I was getting goosebumps and I was like, this fucking story, man. Yeah. So now I'm, yeah. I'm worried that if I read it, because I know that he expanded a lot on it. And this was a two hour version and it was straight to the point. It gut punch loved it so I don't I don't know if I want to read the book 
That's oh. what worries me. Is it? You definitely should. You definitely should. Especially think... since you live near the mountains, like I do. Uh huh. I don't want to that. I'm such a wuss. That and it's Nick. winter. It's a perfect time for it. <laughs> it is. It is. This is the perfect time of year. I live in the Appalachians. We have nothing but ice. I know we all live in like mountainous regions. You're in the Black Hills. She's up in Alaska. I live along the Appalachians. So like for all of us reading this book, we're all like this is fucking scary shit, man. Yeah, I think I think that's the difference for the for the people who didn't really get into it. Maybe they just live in flat areas where they right? yeah. <laughs> No bunch of bunch of boring in people. Indiana, <laughs> Iowa. Yep, nothing but plains, flat land, Texas. Yeah, and like they and the history too. I, I really appreciated the fact that he he tried to be respectful, but about like the indigenous portion of it because I'm I'm surrounded by indigenous culture here. Uh -huh. um, like five different reservations in South Dakota. Uh, my daughter's part in part Lakota. My half sister is my ex-wife. Um, so it's it's just something that's always been kind of right there in my life. So it's it was kind of cool to have that kind of um, I don't know indigenous influence in the story without him doing like the you know like the the indigenous version of the magical Negro character where they just yes. come in yeah. the day with their mystical powers. Yes, um, like Dick Halloran from The Shining. Uh, yes 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 so you know, it was more respectful than that i thought mm -hmm. and and i liked it i agree with you on that one wholeheartedly some of the biggest complaints i saw from people were about like oh well it's the use of another culture for the sake of creepiness like he's taking advantage of this culture and i did not perceive it that way i saw it as an indigenous culture kind of taking its revenge on the people mm -hmm. who have destroyed their lands like you well, people that... don't belong here you have no claim to this land mm -hmm. i'm gonna fuck your shit up and i loved it do these same people complain about like people like appropriating vampire myths or or werewolf myths? i know right those are probably part of the author's culture either mm -hmm. so <laughs> and they're and they're like, oh, it's using the Wendigo trope for this. I'm like, well, if you had actually read the book, you would know that this that isn't the Wendigo. In it's person. not right, right. It's this is not a a, a Wendigo story. Like, <laughs> right. well, obviously, like you haven't even read this book. Maybe you should like read it and give it a chance, and then you'll. Uh, I think it, I think that was, <laughs> if I had to pick a book I've read within the last year that I wish that I had written. That would be it because I love the atmosphere of it. I think oh, he did yeah. a fantastic job capturing that. So good answer. Good answer. That's a really good one. Yeah. Christina, so my next, next question. My next question actually has been answered. So what is your favorite story you've written? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, the one that was most deeply personal, of course, was uh yeah. was exercising demons. Um, I think my favorite, aside from the one that hasn't been published yet, because Beneath the Unspoiled Wilderness, I'm really proud of that one. Um, but the other one is my uh, my previous novel, Length One, Innocence Ends, that I put out August of 2020. Um, I was really proud of that one. It took like 20 years to write it, essentially, um, because the I initial idea for it kind of germinated from a conversation my old guitarist and I had. 
uh, back when he was my roommate. Um, and so that was like 99, 2000. And then I didn't get the book actually. I didn't even really start writing it until about 2012. And then I put it on the back burner until, I don't know, 2018, 2019, and then wrote it. So I actually think I have that one coming. Yep, you do. Of course, it's in Alaska. So the fucking moose are like driving <laughs> right now. It takes forever. Holidays. Yeah. No. If you could collaborate and co-author with anybody, who would you choose? And oh, we can even expand on that. We can say dead or alive. Oh, Jesus. That's, that's a hard <laughs> one. Um, or you can I mean, pick one of each. One, one person still ooh, living yeah. and one person still dead. Oh, one person dead? Uh, because I loved the previous collaborations I'd read from them, uh, it would be probably J.F. Gonzalez because um, I've read other things that he collaborated on while he was still alive that yes. I absolutely loved. Um, like his work with Brian Keene for the Clickers books was fantastic. Um, so I don't know. I, I think as far as dead authors, that would have been one that would have been fun to work with, I think. Okay. Because, um, I mean, he collaborated with Keene and Rath James White. I mean, the guy was awesome yeah um, and survivor is one of my favorite books oh um, i haven't read that one yet it's in mm-hmm. my my horrifically long <laughs> it's a rough book to read. i um, i have heard but i can't wait to read it <laughs> uh, but living <sighs> author i mean there are there are two people that i probably would choose to work with if i could uh, if only because they've done so many damn collaborations that they'd be able to hold my hand the whole way through because I have no idea how to collaborate with someone. Um, it would either be like Lucas Mangum or Ryan Harding because they both collaborate with pretty much everyone and, and what they put together is fucking gold every time. Um, and then individually, they're fucking fan- just fantastic, phenomenal authors as well. Um, but I think that if I had to, to pick living authors to collaborate with, it would be one of those two. Yeah, I, really good. You said Lucas Mangum, and my brain just exploded because rustic, rusted blood, I feel like, has such a strong Nick Robinson vibe to it. Oh, that, I haven't read it yet either, and I have I have a copy of it, and I haven't. Read oh, it dude, Same. it's Same. fantastic! <laughs> it is fantastic, and it's I think when you read it, you'll be like, "God damn it!" <laughs> because I could I could totally see you guys working together and pulling together something brilliant along that line of or along that theme. And, uh, ooh, yeah. So Lucas Mangum, I don't know if you're listening to this, but <laughs> you probably, Ryan Harding. But, oh yeah. Well, Ryan Harding too, either of you, but you should definitely, definitely get in touch with we'll have, um, Nick Robinson. Have your people contact Nick's people. <laughs> people is us. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But those well, are good. Those are two good options. 
Yes, yeah. absolutely. And they're they're both just pros at it too because they both collaborated with so many people mm-hmm. that I think if anyone knows how to do it right, it would be those two. So. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. Now you got my brain going like oh, yeah. in different places, and I'm having a hard time focusing. Damn it! Well, congratulations. You did very well and you've successfully survived the test of our rapid fire for this time. We'll get you next time. <laughs> it's like there won't be a next time. I'm blocking. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time and for hanging out with us. Um, do you have any upcoming new releases that you would like to tell the people about? Not right now. I don't have a release date for my next published work through uh, Madness Art Press. Uh, I know it will be in 2022. I just don't know when it's going to fit into the schedule yet. Um, and then I don't know what my next thing on Godless is going to be or what, what I might have for self-published work. Okay. Uh, so right now I'm just kind of working on things and then we'll see where we are from there. Where do you prefer people to buy your work from um it, digital i always recommend godless just because i that's such a fantastic platform and i mm-hmm. i love who i love what he's doing i love pretty much everybody involved so i i just want to support that as much as possible um that and i usually mark the price down from there on there versus like amazon um i mean for physical media of course amazon's still the best option unless somebody wanted to reach out to me directly and i could try and order copies and then send out signed ones but that takes time and and i procrastinate (laughs) and you are comfortable with i mean you have been very kind with both myself and Mm -hmm. christina who initially reached out to you as fans and nothing more um and you are comfortable with other people contacting you directly? I don't, I don't care at all. Oh, fantastic. Where he is the best? Me, so I know he's okay with fans. <laughs> Where's the best place for people to get in touch with you? What is your preferred social media platform? Or do you have several that they can reach out? Facebook's probably the one I spend the most time on. Um, I do spend a fair amount of time on Instagram and Twitter, but I fucking hate Twitter. Um, yeah, I don't do Twitter. Like it's, it's just a it's just a garbage pile and and like I don't know you lose everything gets lost in the shuffle over there because mm-hmm. it's just this constant barrage of information so I'm not a big fan of Twitter um, I use it but I'm not a huge fan of it um, but uh, Facebook's just the easiest one for reaching out because I get notifications from there immediately and I actually tend to pay attention to those versus you know, Instagram notifications where it's usually just some spam message of somebody trying to invite me to some group or whatever. The Illuminati. And if people would like to follow your blog, how shall they find you? Uh, just meltdownmessiah.com uh, is where my blog is. Um, it's hosted through WordPress, uh, but it's mostly book reviews, movie reviews, that sort of thing, uh, with occasional updates on my stuff in mix in. And you have a TikTok as well, Meltdown Messiah, right? I do, but I haven't started to use anything on oh, it. Oh, we're going to have to fix that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't use mine either. Man. I just have it so she can tag me. In I'm going to I'm gonna be working. I'll be working with both of y'all on that one because we got, we got, right. we, 
We got to make we got to make our presence known. They see our friends. I'm good. (laughs) Well, Nick, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. You Mm -hmm. are so kind to do this with us. Yes, Um, we really appreciate all of you who have been willing to (laughs) to do this with us. Absolutely. Um, for a full list of Nick's bibliography, uh, please come join us on the Mothers of Mayhem official Facebook group. Um, we have just launched a merch store. I know, right? Amazing. Wah, wah, you can wah. find us through Tee Public, um, but also you can find our merch link on the Facebook website or our Facebook group, as well as if you follow myself on any of my social media platforms, you know, our TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, TF, did I just read, click on the link tree. The link tree will take you to everything you could ever want to know about Mothers of Mayhem, including our merch store. Um, you are now obligated to follow both Christina and myself on various social media platforms, as well as Mr. Nicholas Robinson. You can find the links to those in our show bio. And as always, please send your questions, comments, insults, and pictures of dildos for Christina to our email address m.o.m.extremepodcast at gmail.com. The most important piece of that whole thing was the dildo pictures for Christina. Some of the dildo pictures. God damn it. I, I <laughs> never send me blippy pictures more than that. Pictures of blippy with as dildos. A dildo? <laughs> as a dildo. No, people, we're going to. He already is. Oh, that's uh, oh, we're going to get sued. Oh, well. <laughs> By blippy. <laughs> so mean. Mama C, who do we yes, have ma'am. coming to hang out with us on the next one? Next one. Hope you're sitting down. Is Daniel J. Volpe. Oh. Another filthy heart murderer. Nothing You're on your own for that one. Nice. I'm not going to talk to that guy. <laughs> Nick's a heart murderer. Daniel's a heart murderer. Yeah, I'm not showing up for that one. <laughs> we'll be talking about Left to You. We'll be talking about A Gift of Death. We'll be talking about all of his stuff. Talia, Talia and Billy Silver. So yeah, All that's right. what's going on. Yeah, well, so until next time, go raise some hell, children. Make your book mommies proud. Yay! Bye. Bye. Nick. Yes. Ma'am, step back. Step back. 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 Ma'am, step back. Step back.